Good morning. Once again, we are. if you weren't here last week, here's what we're doing. Uh, a New Heights Carol. We are doing a series based on Charles Dickens' classic novel, A Christmas Carol. It's something that all of us have read at one time or another or have seen a production of it. Uh, if it was on stage uh, or if it was one of the many, many, many uh, movie productions that have been d- done. This one is uh, TNT's version with Patrick Stewart playing Scrooge. There's also been a Muppets version, uh, which is hysterically funny. Um, so I encourage you to watch that one. And it's right on word for word with Dickens. Um, you know, the whole rat. In, uh, uh, but, but this one actually is pretty much word for word. If you've read the book, I've recently read the book again, and uh, it's pretty close to word for word. Last week we talked about the ghost of Christmas past. This week we're talking about the ghost of Christmas present, and next week, you guessed it, the ghost of Christmas future. This ghost, however, the ghost of Christmas present, is the one in which Scrooge, uh, Dickens spends his most time. If you look back at the book, this is the longest chapter, the one that deals with this ghost, the ghost of Christmas present. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on here, but I like this first scene when Scrooge first meets the ghost of Christmas present. First of all, I would love to be able to speak um, in such a way as that ghost. I love that. Come in and know me better, man. I'd love to sit at my desk here at the church and say that when people come by. Come in and know me better, man. uh, People probably wouldn't come in, um, which might might actually be a good thing. Mental note. Uh, But what he does is, I mean, he's the ghost of plenty, right? He's this ghost of blessing, and and he goes around in later scenes, and he blesses people from his torch. He throws out blessings upon them. And he walks in, Scrooge walks into a place in his own house, and he sees this tremendous feast that is set up. All this beautiful food, all this glorious stuff, and there's this tremendously large giant of a ghost in, in his room. Have you never seen anything like this? He's like, no, not in this house. And you're not going to either is how he's going to finish that sentence. And then the ghost starts, you know, pleasantries. Haven't you ever met one of my brothers? There's over 1,800 of them. And he's, you know, kind of a jolly old ghost. And Scrooge is like, let's get this over with. Let's get it done with. Come and do what you came to do because I'm tired of this. Now, mind you, Scrooge has just come out of the ghost of Christmas past, and he's learned all these lessons from his past and, and, and trying to get that peace. He's trying to, you know, I'm sure he's still trying to digest all of the things from his past and, and finding that peace that is there. And here comes the second whammo. But he reacts to it in such a typical way for Scrooge. Has anyone in here ever been called Scrooge? Be honest. Or Scroogeish? You're acting like Scrooge? Thank you, Mr. Olson, someone honest. Uh, Tori, was that you raising your hand back there? Somebody back there? Yeah, okay, we had more. Apparently 9.30 is a little bit more ornery um, than 11 o'clock because there's more people there. Uh, yeah, I've been called that. Um, you're acting Scroogeish. And my father is a great example of this. Um, when, when my brother had his two daughters, well, his first daughter, uh, we were trying to figure out grandparent names. You know, everybody goes through this stage where, your mom and dad, and then all of a sudden you have grandchildren, and the grandchildren aren't going to call you mom and dad, obviously, because they're not. Um, and, and so what are you going to be called? And my mom was Mimi automatically, and my dad, um, we voted on it, and uh, Grumpy uh, was the winner. We all wanted to call him Grumpy, but he made a big bit about it. I don't want to call him Grumpy, because he, he is Grumpy. But, um, and so we lost, and he is granddaddy. But uh, 
But he is grumpy. I mean, he, he's a grumpy old man. We, we love to watch that movie because that's him, you know, the grumpy old man. That's who he is. And, you know, he doesn't mean to be. He's got such a caring and generous heart, and he's such a giving man. But quite honestly, he can be grumpy a lot. And that blood resides in me. And so there's a little bit of me that turns into grumpy. And there are times when, you know, there's something going on. Hey, these people invited us over to their house. Let's go. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to do that. You know, let's find something to do with the kids or take the kids. You start doing on this. And Jenna will go, okay, Don, which is my father's name. And I'm like, ooh, I'm walking down that uh, Scrooge line again, aren't I? And I have to come back from there. But there are those moments when I fall into that. And I, I think there's moments where all of us do. But Scrooge, that was his way of life. He was a grumpy guy. He was a guy that was just honoring. He was a guy that walked around in the Muppets version when Scrooge first makes his appearance. Uh, Gonzo, who is playing Charles Dickens, and Rizzo the Rat, who is playing Rizzo the Rat uh, in, the, in the movie, um, plays himself. Uh, he, uh, when they walk by, Rizzo makes a comment, wow, did it just get colder around here? Because he was that kind of person. He just exuded that just bah humbug. We all know that term. Everybody's heard it. Bah humbug. I'm grumpy. I don't... But think about it. He had no reason to be. Except that he didn't know these words from Luke chapter 2. If you've got your Bibles, open up to Luke. The Christmas elves have been here again. Luke chapter 2. This is... Wow, they've been actually very busy. This is what I deal with. Bunch of funny people up here on stage. Um, Luke chapter 2, and this is something that you might remember from last week because it's the same scripture. That night some shepherds were in the fields outside the village guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of God's glory surrounded them. They were terribly frightened, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news of, wait for it, great joy for everyone. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem, the city of David. And this is how you will recognize him. You will find a baby lying in a manger wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. Suddenly the angel is joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to all whom God favors. Okay, last week we talked about peace, the peace of Christ, dealing with things from your past, things that were in your control, things that were out of your control laying them at the foot of the cross and moving on from that in a peaceful manner. But let me tell you something. You can have peace, but not joy. You can have peace in your life, but you could be missing the joy. But listen to what the angel said. I bring you good news of great joy. The fact that Jesus Christ is being born today in the city of Bethlehem. The fact that our Lord and Savior is here now. That's a joyful message, folks. That's something to go, woo, about. You know, the, your favorite sports team wins. Yay, whatever. Jesus Christ came here to earth and died for your sins so that you might have eternal life. Rock on. That is something to be joyful about. And that is something for those of us who know that forgiving grace, that re- reclamation, as the ghost of pr- Christmas past talked about, that reclaiming spirit. Those of us who know that, we should live our lives that way. We should live our lives with a joyful spirit no matter what happens. No matter what happens. Because the peace of Christ, the love of Christ, the salvation that Christ offers dwells inside of me. I can have everything in the world. I can, have, I can just, be, you know, I, I'm fine financially. 
We have a, a great house, no leaks in the roof. We got clothes. We got, uh, you know, wonderful children. We have, you know, a great relationship. We never want for food. And yet there are times in your life when you can be at peace with all of those things, and yet joy eludes you. I mean, that was Scrooge. Look at Scrooge. He had everything. He had tons of money. He had a great house. He had a great job. And yet there was no joy in his life. None. He walked around. People walked by him and were scared and the temperature dropped. I think some of us can get lost in those situations sometimes. The ghost of Christmas present takes Scrooge to see a family, the family of Bob Cratchit. He, he takes them to a lot of different places, but one of their stops is with Bob Cratchit and his family. And there's a reason that he brings them here. Let, let's watch what happens when Scrooge gets there. Well, well, it seems without a doubt greatest success you have achieved since we were married. <laughs> I have my doubts about it. I wasn't too sure about the flower. There's nothing wrong with that pudding. 
Except that it's very small for such a large family. Nobody complained. Any Cratchit would blush to even hint at such a thing. Look. A Merry Christmas to us all. My dear, God bless us. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. God bless us. Everyone. If you put a dessert that small on our table at Christmas Eve, there would be bloodshed. And I think that could go for most of y'all as well. But look at the reaction to it. I mean, I just, oh, there's eight people around this table, and she brings out the goose. And I love the kids. Goose, goose, goose. And they put it down. like, How many of you have applauded for the turkey or the goose or whatever was the centerpiece for that meal? How many of you have ever done that when it was laid on the table? A few, yeah. How many of you have ever had that many people around a table and such a small meal? Yeah. I mean, think about it. Think about the tables that are going to be prepared and set in this community over the next few days. We have our table out. Our our family's coming over to our house Christmas Eve, and we have our dining room table out. I put three leaves in the table so we all could get around it, and we already have the tablecloth on it. We have our plates out on it. It's already set for Christmas Eve. I wonder how joyful we're going to be when the meal is laid out. I mean, mean, look at how the expressions on their faces. Look at how much joy there was. That was a small goose. And, you know, they bring it out and he says, you know, how would you get it? Well, I left it in the shop till the very end, so I got it cheap. Which meant it was probably the smallest one left because everyone else had taken the big ones. It was probably the one that no one else wanted, but that was the one that they could afford. And what does he say? It's a feast, Mother. Only you could do this. And then, I I don't know about y'all, but I say this to my wife every time she puts something on the table. This is without a doubt the finest success since we were married. And i got to be honest with you, that looked horrible, didn't it? That pudding? Maybe it's in English still. Maybe there's something lost in, you know, when you're crossing the pond that, you know, it doesn't come here. But, I mean, it looks bad, and yet he's eating it, and he's just like, oh, this is the best thing ever. And the ghost says, there's nothing wrong with that pudding except it's so small for such a large family. And Scrooge says, well, why isn't anyone complaining? And the ghost basically points him to what they're about to say next. God bless us. That famous line, the most famous line from this story, God bless us, everyone. See, they understood what the season was all about. They understood the joy of Christmas. Earlier in in, in this scene, it's, it's Bob Cratchit coming home from church with Tiny Tim on his shoulder. And he's galloping in like he's a horse. And he puts Tiny Tim down and they take... Tim off to, to wash, and, you know, Tiny Tim's crippled, and he walks on a crutch. And, and Bob and Emily, the mother, are, are talking, and she said, how did it go at church? And he said, you know, Tim's an amazing little boy. On the way home, he told me that he hoped everyone at church saw him there as a crippled boy so that they would remember who made the lame to walk and the blind to see. They got it. They understood that with the birth of Christ comes a joy that is so great it can overcome anything. 
with the saving grace of Jesus Christ, with the knowledge, with the acceptance of that gift of salvation, dwells inside of you a joy so great, no matter what waves crash over you, that joy can pervade. That joy can just seep out of you. I wonder how many of us get that and latch on to that. You know, not just this time of year, but all times. This time of year we celebrate the birth of Christ and we talk about the Advent themes of peace and joy and hope and love. But in our day-to-day life, in our true world, we don't always live that way. We went, Our family went yesterday to uh, Toys R Us. Mind you, the date... How many days until Christmas? Saturday at noon, we go to Toys R Us. That's right. Apparently, I'm still drinking a little too much or something. Something's going on because that is just nuts. So we go there and we drive there. There's all four of us in our little car and we we pull up and there is not a parking spot to be found. I know everybody's like, oh, wow, that's a big surprise, Michael. I mean, seriously, we're, we're over this one on 410 and just circling around and even the room store next to it. No parking spots anywhere. So you begin the hunt, the search, the slow crawl as you follow stock people, really, as they walk out of the store. Are they going to get in? Are they jiggling for their keys? You know, they make that movement. You're like, yes. Oh, they're going to the next aisle. And you try to speed around, and there's another car there. And, you know, so we do the hunt. I find a spot, somebody that gets in their car, and they're backing out. Put the blinker on. I'm going to turn right. I'm sitting there patiently waiting. They're loading their stuff. Take your time, sir. It's Christmas. It's okay. I'm there. And then a minivan comes from the other side. Oh, yeah. And this lady looked at me, and she knew that I was there first, but she knew also that she had a shot. Which way does the car back out of the spot? You ever wondered that? You know, I mean, because that tells a lot. If he backs out towards you, you're good because you can just follow him right in. But if he backs out away from you, you're going to be blocked. I was like, come towards me, come towards me, come towards me. And he goes out the other way. I'm like, oh, that loody better not, you know, and I fell under my grumpy mode. And then he pulls off, and she's sitting there, and we're sitting there staring at one another. It's like the, who's going to flinch? And I look at her, and I can see her just, I mean, she's just going at it. And I was like, it, it, you know, we got, Corbin is wanting to be fed. And I don't know if you've seen our son Corbin. He's a big fella. He likes to eat, okay? And if he's not eating at the time, he's going to let you know. So he's kind of crying in the background. Grace is a little restless. And I'm like, I got to get in there. But I, I did this. And she pulls in, and she was still going after me. I mean, like, it's like I gave you the spot. Five rows up, five spaces up, a car pulls out, I got a better spot. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Jesus. There you go. So I go into Toys R Us. We leave the kids in the car. I go into Toys R Us. And I think everyone within, like, a 50-square-mile radius was there. I, I mean, I think y'all must have been there. It was just jam-packed with people. I haven't been in Toys R Us for 10 years. I go in there, and I know, I, you know, this isn't a uh, search mission. It's a destroy mission. I know exactly what I want. I know, I mean, it's the Fisher-Price. Uh, oh, my kids are in here. I won't tell you. Um, it's, a, it's something with Fisher-Price, okay? Don't tell them. And so I go in. I, I find, just miraculously, I find the Fisher-Price aisle. Boom. I find exactly what I'm looking for. Pick it up under my arm. I walk up to the registers, and, you know, there's, then you've got to choose again. You've got to choose the right line because you could be there for hours. So I just got in the line. And it was kind of confusing as to where everything was. And this lady kind of cuts me off. You know, again, wasn't the same lady. I did see her later, though. But, um, and, and, she, uh, and she goes up there, and she was like, I got to tell you, parents around this time of year at Toys R Us are angry. 
they're just mean. It, it, I mean, I, I kind of get it, but I mean, they were just, and this lady in front of me is like, I always choose the slowest line. And I was like, that's great. Cause I'm standing behind you. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll get a chance to visit. Uh, and so we're sitting there in line and it turns out that we were faster than the line next to us. Thank you, Jesus. One more time. And you know, I get out and I was just kind of laughing to myself going, look how angry and tense people get around this time of year. We got to get everything done. We got to get everything right. Who's experiencing joy? I mean, it was a beautiful day yesterday. I mean, the kids were crying in the car. I was inside. It was great. You know, it was wonderful. I wasn't hearing all the Corbin mess. Where's the joy of the season? Where's the joy? I mean, the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. This is a joyful time of year. This is an incredible message. Guess what? The Lord, the Savior, yes, the Messiah is born today. Where's the joy about that? joy that, you know, those of us that know Jesus Christ and have accepted that gift of freedom, that should be inside of us. That should be everything. And every time of year should be a joyful time of year. should be a time that we remember, you know what, none of this matters because in the grand scheme of things, I've won. I've won because He has won. The victory is mine because He has conquered death. No matter what happens. Over the last two years, we've been up here, we've been down here, we've been up here, we've been down there. And through it all, I think what's really kept us going is knowing that no matter what happens to grace, no matter what occurs, no matter, it doesn't matter. We had surgery Tuesday. We went in for one thing, they found something else. You have to come back and have another surgery. We're like, awesome. (laughs) We love seeing you. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that stinks. But then... We know that there is joy at the end of it. We know that there is something greater. We know, if you know Jesus Christ, you got, you got to believe that. You have to have that joy that dwells inside of you. I'm not saying there, there's the prosperity gospel out there where, where people say that everything, if you just believe, is going to be hunky-dory and beautiful and perfect. That's a load. That's not true. There is evil that exists in the world. There are times when you are going to be on your knees crying in the fetal position, because life is so tough and hard. If you know the love of Jesus Christ, if you know the peace that passes all understanding, that joy will still be there. Just let it surface. Let it come up. Put that scrooge aside and let it just bubble to the top. Because I tell you, there's nothing greater than that. I've told this in here before, but my wife is a bubbly person She's just a, she's a fun person to be around. She's always got a smile on her face. You know, that's why we balance each other out. When she was teaching uh, in Fort Worth, she would go in and she'd just, you know, be herself, be happy. Good morning, everyone. And, you know, walking in and, you know, teachers have a tendency you know, to be a little bitter. I was a teacher. I can say that. The rest of you teachers are like, yeah, we can. That's right. We're with kids all day long. Um, I'm looking at two former teachers. Yeah, that's right. You're former because of your bitterness is returning back to joy. Good. And, and but they were asking her, like, what do you eat in the morning? What do you put in your Wheaties? Because they're like, it's unnatural for you to be this happy, basically. She's like, I got God. I got Jesus in my life. And they kind of laughed at her. And she was like, no, <laughs> that's exactly why. Yeah, my kids are tough. Yeah, my days are tough as well. But I know something deeper and greater. And I have this joy that dwells inside of me. You know, we all need to live our life that way. 
like the Cratchits of the world, who even though they had so little, they were filled with such great love and joy because they heard the good news. They heard that good news, that Jesus Christ, yes, the Lord, the Messiah, has been born. Remember that this year. Remember that not only today and in the coming weeks when your families are gathering around and Uncle Albert is sitting at the table telling his off-color jokes again and everyone's cringing to see what's going to come out of his mouth next. And then there's there's old Granny over there in the corner and she's been drinking a little too much again this year, a little too much nog in the egg, if you know what I'm saying. And, And she gets a little, you know, crazy and starts opening things. And, you know, does it really matter? Does it really matter? If you listen to the words of the angel, I bring you good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. The Lord, the Savior, has been born. See, but we know something that the shepherds didn't at that time. The Lord and Savior has died. But he has also risen so that we might truly have joy and have a merry Christmas. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you so much for the joy that you offer us. We don't always accept it, Lord. We sometimes push it aside because we're too busy, too focused on ourselves or the world. Forgive us for that, Lord. Help us to remember the joy that comes with knowing you, the, the joy that comes with experiencing your grace, your resurrection, your salvation. Help us, Lord, to let that joy dwell inside of us that we might truly we might truly have a joyful life in Jesus name amen speaking of joy i bring you good news of great joy that is that time of year again when we send out the uh, pledge cards and begin to speak about tithing yes good news of great joy that is something we don't speak about much in uh, in new heights really or actually in the sanctuary as well We don't talk about giving money a lot. A lot of times people are turned off by churches because that's all they ever talk about. We don't. Um, If you're a visitor here, a first-time visitor, or you're just kind of checking us out, talk amongst yourselves. I'm not talking to you. If you're a member of this church or if you're somebody that calls this church your home, even if you don't come that often but this is your home, we need you to prayerfully consider what you would like to give for the coming year. Churches run off of your money. We, uh, we run off of the money that you so generously give uh, to the church to carry out its ministry for the next year. Everything, outreach, missions, everything that happens in this building is paid for by you. My salary is paid for by you. And might I say, you all look lovely today. Thank you. <laughs> they were prepared for it this time. <laughs> but it, it is something that... There's a misnomer about our church that we have. So we, it's Alamo Heights Methodist Church. They don't need money. Well, let me tell you, just give you a statistic here. There is uh, our top giver, the, the person, I don't know who it is, but the person who gives the most money at our church a year is under $40,000 a year. There are churches in this town, um, University Methodist, that have, uh, they have, I think, four people that are six-figure givers a year. Uh, the, the pre, there's a Presbyterian church in here, uh, in town here that has six people that are over six figures a year in giving. We don't have any sugar daddies around here. Um, but what that means is we're all a part of ministry. That, that means that we spread it out amongst all of us and we all are significant contributors to the ministry of the church. 
that everything that happens here is significantly impacted by your gift, by your gift to God. So we ask that you would prayerfully consider it uh, as, as a family. Go home, talk about it, pray about it. Decide what God puts on your heart to, uh, to give to the church in this coming year. And, and when you do, just fill out this card and drop it in one of the, the uh, offertory pillars back there in the back. And, um, and please know that I don't know what any of you give. really don't care. It's between you and God. I know what Jenna and I give to the church, and, and that's all I know. Um, so in this spirit of giving, if you remember what happened to Scrooge after he goes through the three spirits, he comes back to those guys that were trying to get money for charity and he whispers in their ear that I'm going to give this amount of money and they both drop their jaws and are freaked out by how generous it is in the spirit of Christmas and giving why don't you drop some jaws maybe your own maybe that of God they're going to sing another little song but we encourage you uh, as as you're putting up the chairs as you so faithfully do uh, we thank you for doing that to come back next week we know that we have a, a service on Sunday and then Monday. That's a little too much church for some of y'all, but they're both different. So uh, please, we encourage you to come and bring friends. See you next week.